This is Rumble Strip, America Heilman. Today, a special guest episode from Pod Planet. I heard Pod Planet for the first time a few months ago, and I had the feeling that the limbic system in my brain was on fire. Here's the wildlife. You're listening to podplanet.org, where the stories are between 83 to 100% true. And now, Pod Planet presents The Wildlife, with special guest stars Ali Roja, Lisa Del Bello, and Carter Hayden. Let us begin. Chapter 1 Cities are rich in wildlife. You'll find raccoons, owls, peregrine falcons, squirrels, hungry seagulls, rats, mice, insects, and of course, the ubiquitous homely pigeon. Humans rule the world, and animals conform to our rules. Except for the occasional insurrection every now and then, that's the way it goes. Beyond the holiday turkey, or roast chicken here and there, I wasn't fond of birds. So when two pigeons named Cody and Megan were house hunting on the balcony of my apartment, I was underwhelmed dirty birds. I shooed them away, closed the balcony door, and left for work. The next morning, after waking up, it was customary for me to go on the balcony and survey the weather. Today was sunny and windy. Then came a shock. Cody and Megan had returned, but this time they were on the floor of the balcony. Megan was huddled in a nest of sorts, fashioned from candy bar wrappers, cellophane, and some twigs. When Megan stood up to arrange herself, I saw a small gray egg. Cody flapped his tattered wings wildly and made some angry bird sounds to warn away predators. I quickly shut the door and went to get some rubber gloves, a broom, a dustpan, and a trash bag. These birds and their nest had to go. Returning to the balcony, I shooed the expectant parents away. Be off with you, I said. Wearing gloves, I picked up Megan's small gray egg and tossed it down the side of the building. To be sure, I leaned over the railing and with the morbid curiosity of Galileo, watched the tiny egg descend to its doom. Selfishly, I gave this action not a second thought. I swept up the rest of the nest too. Back inside, I tied up the trash bag, sat down on the Chesterfield, and thought about what happened. I didn't want to live with pigeons. On the other hand, I'd thrown away Cody and Megan's egg, containing their future child. And so, in thinking of only my own comfort and happiness, I had dashed the young couple's future hopes and dreams. And in this vainglorious act of destruction, I had left civilization as we knew it, and had become, in effect, a monster. Nevertheless, I put on my jacket, straightened my tie, and looked at my reflection in the mirror. I didn't look so bad, for a killer. On my way to the elevator, I threw the trash bag down the chute. Pot Planet will be back after this important break. You know how nice fresh deodorant cream is, homogenized so it's kind to the skin, and fresh stick, dry and cucumber cool. 
and fresh roll-on, creamier and always on the ball because it's upside down. Now Fresh is the first leading antiperspirant with a spray for women. Spray Fresh, stay fresh. Spray Fresh, stay fresh. Chapter 2 After work, I returned home. First thing I did was head to the balcony and saw, ugh, Cody and Megan were back. They were frantically searching for the missing nest and egg. Up and down the railing, they hobbled desperately, cooing and flapping. So I went to my bedroom and banged loudly on the window. Surely the noise would frighten them away. Usually, I like to keep the balcony door open. Keeps the air circulating. But tonight I thought it was too risky and locked it shut. I went to bed. Next morning, Cody and Megan were back. In a desperate attempt to find their nest, the unhappy pigeons cooed like steam whistles and fluttered their wings in anger. They flew back and forth, banging into one another. There were bird droppings everywhere. Cody and Megan were going out of their minds. I had to take action before things got worse. The balcony door shut. I hurried off to work to devise a plan to rid myself of the birds. In my cubicle, I Google searched for pigeon control solutions. I found the names of hundreds of thousands of pigeon control companies and hundreds of thousands of homemade pigeon control solutions. Scanning a forum, I went for the homemade solutions first. One apartment dweller said, put up a plastic owl. Another said, seal your balcony in with chicken wire. A woman from Santa Monica said, sprinkle cayenne, pepper, and cinnamon where they roost. And then I found a most modern solution. Feed them X-lax, wrote one homeowner explaining. Pigeons are scavengers. They'll eat anything, including X-lax. The birds gobble down a couple of pieces, and once the X-lax works its way through their digestive system, they will explode in midair. Exploding pigeons. Okay. At lunch, I went to the pharmacy and bought three economy-sized boxes of mint chocolate X-lax. The label said, X-lax was a trusted treatment for constipation for over a hundred years. At 6.30, I went home. I went to the balcony. It was, thankfully, empty. No sign of Cody or Megan. Taking the X-lax constipation medicine with me, I placed over 200 bite-sized pieces of X-lax everywhere. After laying the trap for Cody and Megan, I went for dinner with my friend Carlo, the civil servant from City Hall. Carlo was an administrator, and he knew everything about city life. Garbage, phone lines, street repair, zoning, you name it, while chowing down on the shrimp special. I told Carlo about the pigeons, and of my ex-lax plan to kill them. He was unimpressed. Be careful, said Carlo. Pigeons don't play nice. 
You don't know what they'll do if you rile them. I've heard a lot of stories, you know. After dinner, I walked home. Carlo's crazy talk about the pigeons made me anxious. The sooner I got home, the better. Chapter 3 The following day, it was business as usual. At 5 o'clock, I packed up my stuff and went home. Stepping into the hall, I opened the apartment door. I was struck by the most ghastly smell, as sour as two dozen egg salad sandwiches on a hot summer day. Quietly, I tiptoed down the foyer and stuck my head into the living room. What I saw was more upsetting than life itself. The wind had blown the balcony door open, and the curtains were gently ruffling in the breeze like hobgoblins. And there they were, slumming around the living room as if it were theirs, four of the most hideous pigeons you could imagine. The ex-lax plan had worked all right, but rather than killing the pigeons, it simply worked as an invitation for the birds to enter my apartment and roost. On the windowsill were Cody and Megan. On top of the armoire was a third pigeon. His name, I would later learn, was Heinrich. He was the sort of character that carried cyanide capsules. But the worst of my new guests was a pigeon so large, so corpulent, he must have weighed 22 pounds dry. His chest was as big as a pit bull's. He was missing toes and one eye was sealed shut. His name, according to records, was Herman Moss. And, at least in this jurisdiction, Herman was known as the king of the pigeons. I retreated around the corner and took a deep breath. My chest tightened and my heart pounded because things were about to get worse, much worse. The facts are in. Woman prefer pot planet, five to one. Chapter four. Poking my head around the corner, I saw the full extent of the damage. There were pigeon droppings everywhere, gallons of it. Every piece of furniture was stained and ruined. I gagged, I panicked, I could barely breathe. I retreated into my tiny kitchen and snapped the door shut. What should I do? What should I do? What should I do? I call the building superintendent, Mr. Caldwell. Hello. Sorry I can't take your call right now at the sound of the tone. Please leave a message with a brief description of your concern. Wait for the tone. Thanks for reaching out. I left a message, but I knew Caldwell would take up to a week to return the call. Then I looked up the number for animal control. Animal services? No, sir. We don't remove pigeons. The city doesn't consider them a danger, but rather a colorful enhancement of the urban wildlife mosaic. For the city, it's all about diversity. Just throw a blanket on them and... Um, release them outside. Then she hung up. A blanket. Next, I called a professional extermination company. Exterminator Pest Control Services. 
An exterminator representative answered the phone promptly. His name was Jose. Pigeons inside? No problem. I can send someone in the morning. No, I need them now, I said. All my guys have gone for the day. Have you tried animal control? He asked. Yes, they tell me to capture the birds with a blanket. That's a good idea, said Jose. They can't stay here overnight, I replied. Do you have any friends with wildlife experience? He asked. No, I said. I'm sorry. I can help you, sir. Call back tomorrow. Jose hung up. Chapter 5 We live in a world of ever-changing technological improvements. But some of us don't throw away archaic technology from the past. We let it linger. Take, for example, my CDs. Even though I no longer use them, I had them. And thinking about the CDs and the infestation made me think about James Bond and the movie Goldfinger and Mr. Goldfinger's henchman, Oddjob. Oddjob, you will recall, had a modified bowler hat where its normally soft rim had been replaced with razor-sharp steel. Steel so sharp it could knock the head off a statue. If only there was something in my apartment I could militarize. Something I could toss. Something I could toss at the birds with great velocity. Like a frisbee or odd jobs bowler hat. And that's when a light went off in my head. Of course, the CDs. I could hurl CDs like odd jobs hat at the pigeons and behead them or scare the living daylights out of them. I grabbed a broom from the broom closet and headed into battle. Come to where the pleasure is. Come to Pot Planet. We must not underrate the gravity of the task which lies before us, or the temerity of the ordeal, to which we shall not be found unequal. I remember Churchill's immortal words the day he declared war. Holding a broom in one hand and half a dozen CDs in the other, I took a couple of breaths and without warning, hurled a CD at Herman Moss. I missed. I threw another and got a direct hit. The bastard flew off the chair and landed beside his henchman on top of the armoire. My tartan blood boiled. Then, with the force of the mighty Hercules, I hurled five more CDs in random bursts at each bird. I startled Heinrich the henchman, and he flew the coop immediately. Cody and Megan looked fearful and huddled close to each other as a husband and wife do when threatened. Then I rearmed with more CDs and went after Megan, the lone female, the weaker sex. Bang, bang, bang. Third try, I made a direct hit. Megan was stunned, but still standing. Intensifying my assault, I lobbed more CDs at her. Bang, bang, bang. I got her on the tail, the legs, and the vulnerable neck area. This time, Megan got the message and swiftly flew out the balcony door. And Cody, her husband, the little coward, hid behind the curtains. What a weenie. Brimming with confidence, I stepped deep into the battlefield and ripped open the curtains. There was no place for Cody to hide. 
and rather than feel the brunt of my attack, the cowardly coot fluttered his wings and flew out the balcony door and into the night. And now, the final conflict. Me versus Herman Moss, the most feared pigeon on the block. Moving forward, I waited and waited. Moss eyed me carefully, but I was going to play with his mind. I wanted him to feel nice and secure, so I backed off a couple of steps. Feeling safe, Moss buried his tiny head into his enormous shoulders and closed his one working eye as if to nap. An eerie silence filled the room. Then, without so much as a warning, I went Pearl Harbor on him. Boom, 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 boom. One after another, I fired away. Bang, bang, hit, miss, hit, 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 bang, hit, miss. The CDs ricocheted off the giant bird in every direction, and I moved closer and closer. Herman Moss was weakening, and I was relentless. This last assault caused the most damage. Herman Moss didn't see it coming and didn't know what hit him. That's when he bolted out of the room as fast as he could, given his enormous girth. With the last of my enemies vanquished, I slammed the door shut. Emotionally spent from the battle, I did what a lot of soldiers do. I sat down and sobbed quietly. Exhausted and weak, I crawled on my hands and knees to the phone and called crime scene cleaners. I'd heard about them on TV. Crime scene cleaners specialized in the task of cleaning up after suicide, homicide, decomposition, accidental death, and other. My pigeon war would fit neatly under the category of other. Open 24 hours a day, they said they'd be over right away. After they arrived, I dragged myself to the bedroom. At 11 p.m., the crime scene cleaner people were finished and my apartment smelled like a vet's office. After they left, I poured myself a stiff one and fell asleep like a bat at dawn. Epilogue. A week after the bird battle, I had dinner again with my friend Carlo from City Hall. Over a plate of spaghetti, I recounted the story. As he listened, Carlo shook his head back and forth. I know, I know, I said. I probably shouldn't have tried to poison Cody and Megan with X-lax. It is my fault, so I'm a terrible person. But those birds brought out the monster in me. I hate to say it, said Carlo, but isn't this what I told you? You mess around with pigeons and you're asking for trouble. After dinner, I walked home. Coming into my darkened apartment, everything seemed all right, but the air was damp and somewhat cold. Looking down the length of the living room in the dim light, I wondered, had I locked the balcony door before leaving?
You have been listening to Pod Planet, where the stories are between 83 to 100% true. Pod Planet is written and produced by Peter McHugh and Clive Desmond. The Pod Planet theme was composed by Jonathan Goldsmith, creative consultant Monique Kelly, digital and audio design by Oliver Wickham and Aidan Vickery, Pod Planet announcer Jean Francois. Additional and highly deserved credits are listed on podplanet.org. If you haven't subscribed to Pod Planet yet, subscribe now. Go to our webpage, podplanet.org. Pod Planet is one word. And click follow on whatever podcatcher you're using. You'll find Pod Planet on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Google Play, and YouTube. And follow Pod Planet on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Links are available on our webpage. This is Pod Planet Season 2. We'll be back in two weeks with another new and startling episode. Until then, on behalf of Peter McHugh and the whole Pod Planet team, thanks for listening. I'm Clive Desmond. Pod Planet is part of the Public Radio Exchange and the Association of Independence in Radio. You have been listening to Pod Planet. A new episode drops every two weeks on Thursday. Pod Planet is really good. Thank you, Clive Desmond, for letting me run this show. This is Rumble Strip. I'm Erica Heilman. Thanks for listening.